For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So verse 22 says, have, have the faith of God. What kind of faith is the faith of God? Well, we see here in verse 23, the faith of God is faith that speaks two things and commands them to leave. And it speaks two things and commands them to come or to become. Then we also see it is faith that believes what you say comes to pass. These are what Jesus is telling us here. Faith that believes what you say comes to pass. And verse 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, or because of this, consequently for that reason, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So, Jesus is telling us another characteristic of the faith of God is the faith of God is faith that receives. The faith of God is faith that receives. We talked about last time Faith is not a beggar. Faith is a receiver. And if you go back and listen to last month's message, it will help you catch up with us. So, uh, Jesus here in verse 24 is talking about things that we desire. Uh, what you desire may be something you need. It may be something you don't need at all. It may just be something that you enjoy. Jesus said, what things soever ye desire. So the subject here in this scripture, verse 24, is the things you desire when you pray. When you pray, believe. That's what he said. What things soever ye desire when you pray, believe. Believe what? Saved. Amen. Did he say believe God is in control and he knows what's best for me? No. Did he say believe if it be God's will, you'll have it? No. Did he say believe it's all up to God and you'll have it? No. Did he say believe God is able and you'll have it? No. That's good. I mean, it's good to believe God's able. I mean, you're, you're on the, the right track there. When you believe it's God's will and you believe it's that God's able, that's good. But that's not what Jesus said in this verse that we are to believe when we pray for what we desire. Believe that ye receive them, and then what's going to happen? You shall have them. Now, if you'll notice, if you've got a King James translation like I'm using, in verse 24, the words them is in italics. 
And in the King James Bible, every time you run across a word that's in italics, that means that that word was not in the original manuscript. It wasn't in the original scripture. That word was added by the translators just in an effort to kind of give some clarity and to complete the thought. Sometimes they got it right, sometimes they didn't get it right. And some, many times it's helpful to read the scripture with those words in there and then read the scripture without those words in there. And it, and it wouldn't be altering the scripture at all. So you could read it, believe that ye receive and ye shall have. Yeah. It's not altering the scripture at all to read it that way. A lot of people want to have what they desire. But let's move uh, from focusing on what we desire to focusing on how to get it. Amen? So how are we going to get it? What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, ye shall have them. What comes in between? Believe that ye receive them. What things soever ye desire when ye pray, ye shall have them. What comes in between? Desiring it and having it. Believe that you receive. Believe you receive the things you're asking for in prayer. You will have them once you believe you receive them. The New Living Translation says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe you've received it, it will be yours. The Wycliffe Translation says, Believe ye that ye shall take, and they shall come to you. Now we talked the last time, and I won't go over it again, but we talked about the original Greek word that's translated receive is the word take. And it means to take to yourself, to make it your own, uh, you know, to make it personal. It means to take it. If you were just going to use one word, that's the best word to use. The New Century Version says, So I tell you to believe that you have received the things you ask for in prayer, and God will give them to you. Now there's a translation of the New Testament, and I think it's out of print now. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's called the Translator's New Testament. And it says, this uh, verse 24, Believe that it is happening for you now, and ye shall have it. Believe that it's happening for you now, and ye shall have it. Believe it when you feel different. No. Believe it when you've got some good news. No. no. Believe it is happening for you now. For centuries, this has not been taught in churches, and uh, something else has been taught in its place. Uh, religious people, they worship the Bible. You know, kiss the Bible. We worship the Bible, you know. Uh, they put it under glass. They protect it. They don't write in it, and they don't believe a lot of what it says. But they, they, you know, they love the Bible. They'll tell you they love the Word, but they don't believe much of what it says. 
Theologians and academics will tell you this may be what Jesus said, but that's not what he really meant. They will say, I'm, I'm not kidding, folks. I, I mean, I know this is funny. It would be funny if it wasn't so real. But, but you know, they will say, you know, first of all, he was talking specifically to his disciples 2,000 years ago. And when they died, everything changed. This, now, this is not what I'm preaching. This is what religious people and theologians and academics preached. And they believe that the Bible is a living document. It changes with the culture. It changes over time. And after all, 2,000 years later, we are educated people. And those people in the Jesus time, they were not educated. And certainly the women, I can assure you, were not educated. This is not true. Jesus is not an academic. He's not a theologian. He is the head of the body of Christ. And the head of the body of Christ has said for all people, for all time, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He said something else to the religious leaders of his day. Your traditions make the word of God of no effect. And I tell you what, that is a true statement. For centuries, the traditions of men have continued to make the word of God of no effect. And as a result, millions of God's people have been suffering spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. Verse 24, most Christians have been taught what Jesus really meant, whatever God desires for you to have. Not what you desire. What God desires for you to have, you will have it. Because he's in control of everything and he knows what's best for you. That's the way most people have been taught. And if it doesn't happen, it's because God knows best. Mm. And the implication... So she's not well. Okay. You want to turn up the... Is it too hot? It's too hot. Can you have it? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to take your hands off Rosemary. In the name of Jesus, she's God's property. You sent your word and you healed her and you will not come steal the word out of her. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Can uh, somebody get a, like a paper towel with some water or something? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? 
to the word, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about that scripture in Luke five where it says, "And Jesus was teaching, and the power to heal was present." Yeah. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about today. Hallelujah. Teaching the word. Yeah. Keep keep it open now. Yeah. It might. Stop us again, okay? Okay? Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Just sit here and listen to the word, okay? Okay. This doesn't happen very often. Okay. It really doesn't. That's okay. That's okay. You're in the right place. Amen. He sent his word and he healed us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah. Same thing happened to Roger, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing happened to Roger. First or second time, well, came, yeah, yeah. yeah not too many time. times yeah, after you good. came. I yeah. think you had just started that treatment, hadn't you? I don't think so. No. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think so. This is good. Well, I tell you what, when the word starts going, the enemy doesn't like it, does he? <laughs> but he isn't, he isn't coming in here. Amen. He's not coming in here and stealing the word. The Spirit of God is in here. And the devil's not welcome. And he's not coming to steal the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord. Let's turn to James 1. We're going to carry on with James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're talking about the Word. Hallelujah. And I'm glad it upsets the devil. Hallelujah. Because we know we're on the right track. Verse 21 of chapter 1. Let me find it. James 1, 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now this is uh, King James English, okay? Yeah. <laughs> So let's let's cut through some of this King James uh, English. When you run across words like this, you know it's good to look them up in another translation. Uh, there are, are a, a few translations of the Bible that are not really translations; they're really paraphrases of the Bible, so they're not directly uh, translated from the the. Uh, 
original manuscript. They're somebody's idea of what they said. So just, I'm not against that really. Uh, it's been put into modern English to try to help people, but I'm just saying when you read it, just bear in mind that this is not an original, uh, it's, this is not translated from the original scriptures. It's somebody's idea of what they said. Um, superfluity. Uh, that I looked it up. It means something that is unnecessary or an excessive amount of something. Something that's unnecessary or an excessive amount of something. I looked it up in the Disciples' Literal New Testament, and it says, Therefore, having laid aside all filthiness and abundance of badness, this is a part I want to get to, receive with gentleness the implanted word. Receive what? The implanted word being able to save your souls. Now we're talking about receiving, and specifically today we're talking about receiving the word which is able to save your souls. Let's say it out loud. The word is able to save. Receiving the word is salvation. Is salvation. We won't turn there, but I'm sure you're all familiar with Romans 1.16. For it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the word, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So this tells us God's power is in his word, and it has the power to save. God's power in his, is in his word. It has the power to save. Last time we turned to Hebrews 1, I think it's verse 3. This is God is upholding all things by the word of his power. That also tells us God's power is in his word. Now, in our circle of believers, we refer to ourselves as word of faith and other Christians in other circles they also refer to us as word of faith among other things <laughs> but word of faith uh, or they refer to us as those word people well they got that right amen we are the word people we are the word people in the morning we're the word people at noontime and we're the word people in the evening. Amen? So, uh, this word of faith phrase is not some new phrase that somebody somewhere just invented uh, in modern times a few years ago. The, the phrase word of faith is a Bible phrase. It comes from the Bible and it comes from Romans 10 verse 8. The word of God is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Romans 10, 8. The word of faith which we preach. Paul said, 
I'm a word of faith preacher. So we're in good company. Amen? Praise God. This phrase literally tells us something about the nature of God's word. God's faith is in his word. God's faith, God's own faith is in his word. And your spirit looks just like God's spirit. It's got the same faith, not the same measure of faith, but the same God kind of faith God imparted into your spirit when you were born again. And so then it's up to us to do what we're doing now. Hear the word. Speak the word. Feed our faith. Put the word in there and develop and grow our faith. So that's, that's what we're doing. This is why Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing the word of God. God's word concerning healing contains faith for healing. I mean, literally, on the inside of these words, God's healing, God has put his healing power inside these words. That's why I said to uh, Roger, that's why I, I always emphasize, hear the word. Speak the word. You're getting it in you. You're getting it in your spirit. And just like when you take a bite of natural food, like a steak, as soon as that food hits your mouth, your enzymes and your saliva begin to break that food down. And then it goes to your stomach and you got more enzymes. Then it starts to break that food down and it disperses the proteins and the fats and the carbohydrates or whatever wherever they're needed in your body. Well, the same thing is true of, of God's word. When you hear the word and you speak the word, it goes into your spirit and it begins to work in your spirit and it begins to take healing wherever healing's needed. That, that's, how, that's how it's literally in God's healing powers, literally in his word. God's word concerning wisdom contains faith for wisdom. God's word concerning material blessing and financial increase, it contains blessing and increase. God's word concerning protection is literally in his word. So that's why the more you hear it, the more you say it, it gets down in you and it becomes a part of you. And when you hear those words and you speak those words, those words have the power to become whatever that word says. If it's healing, then it's healing. If it's blessing, then it's blessing. If it's protection, then it's protection. That's why this book is different from a newspaper. That's why it's different from a comic book. It literally contains the power of God inside these words. That's, that's, the way, that's the way God designed it. The Good News Translation says, of James 1.21, So get rid of every filthy habit and wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able 
to save you. Now he says, uh, this translation says, accept the word. The King James said, receive the word. Do you have to accept the word? Then you have a choice. No, absolutely. God's left it up to us. Amen. It's up to us. Nobody can make somebody else receive or accept the word. And God won't make anybody accept it. God has given us complete independence and free will. You remember uh, last meeting, Peter was up here holding out a glass of water to me. What was I not doing? I wasn't taking it, was I? I was not receiving it. I was not accepting it. And I, I, I mentioned that, uh, you know, phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't <laughs> make, make them drink. drink. And you can, uh, you can lead, you could say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them receive. And you can't make somebody receive. Um, you can't make somebody receive the word or anything else. I mean, you can beat them, you can shoot them, and, and you still can't make them believe something. So it's up to us what we believe and what we don't. Uh, Jesus personally spoke the word to the religious leaders of his day. These people were eyewitnesses to miracle after miracle. They were eyewitnesses to the power of the spoken word and they would not receive his teaching and they would not accept it. Nothing he did, nothing he said could make them accept it. They never did. I mean, they never did. And Jesus in Matthew, we won't turn there, but he explained it. He said these people's hearts are, are waxed gross. They have closed their eyes. They have closed their ears. He didn't say God closed their eyes and ears. He didn't say the devil closed their eyes and ears. He said they closed their eyes and they closed their ears. Lest at any time, at any time, they could have changed. Any time that word could have changed their heart and it could have changed their mind. But they, they closed their, eye, their spiritual eyes, eyes and ears. And I, I'm not saying that you should just blindly swallow, uh, you know, something because I said it or because anybody else said it, for that matter. You should check it out for yourself. That's why we bring our Bibles. That's why we turn to the Scriptures. That's why you should uh, read your chapter in the Bible every day. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. What would be the opposite of receiving with meekness the engrafted word? Well, and pride refuse it or reject it, wouldn't it? And pride reject it. And that's what uh, the religious leaders of, of Jesus' day did. I'm sure most of you at some time or another you've been talking uh, either to an unbeliever or another Christian, maybe sharing a testimony, a testimony, maybe sharing uh, the Word, just sharing the Lord, maybe trying to minister something from the Word to someone. And the longer you talk, 
you can tell by the look on their face, they are not receiving what you say, are they? And you can, you can sense, you know, you, you, you're trying to share the word with them, maybe a testimony, maybe the goodness of God or whatever, and you just sense in the spirit that wall just goes up and they are not receiving anything you say to them. They have closed their spiritual ears and they've closed their spiritual eyes. Uh, and God has chosen not to make people receive the new birth. And thank God we're not robots. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So if they won't receive, just believe for another time. Amen? Yes. Another opportunity. Mm -hmm. And pray the Lord that, uh, you know, that he'll send someone else across their path. Now let's turn back uh, a few pages to 1 Thessalonians 2, which is kind of right after Colossians. 1 Thessalonians 2. You're recovering, Rosemary. Yes, Hallelujah, you're recovering. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing. Because when ye received the word, that's what we're talking about, when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Uh, I referred to this scripture in the introduction to my last book. This is the scripture that I put on the introduction page because I wanted the people that read that book to know that it was not based on anything a man or a woman said. It was based on the word of God and what God said. And whoever reads it should have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears to see and hear. Paul said, when we came and preached the word of God to you, you received it as the word of God and not as the word of men. Did everyone everywhere receive what Paul preached? No. No. Did everybody everywhere receive what Jesus preached? No. Was it because it was not the word of God? No. Was it because they just didn't preach good enough? <laughs> was it a new doctrine? No, but it was new to them. It wasn't a new doctrine, but it was new to them. They had never heard anything like this before. They had heard, you can't do this on the Sabbath. You can't do that on the Sabbath. You can't take your bed. You can't walk more than a day's journey. You can't light a candle or whatever all the do's and don'ts boy they knew that i mean they had that down but they had never heard the word of god hallelujah you know paul on one occasion he was stoned he was beaten whipped uh, on one occasion they stoned him and they left him out in the street for dead now you can pretty well conclude they are not receiving your ministry. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are not receiving uh, at all. You know, it's recorded 
It's recorded in a, another place in Acts. Paul preached the word to them. It made the people so mad. They pulled their hair. They, they tore their clothes. And they threw dirt up in the air. Literally. That's what it says. You can go back and read it for yourself. It made them so, so mad. Now, praise God. I mean, he definitely got their attention, didn't he? You know what I mean? When people are doing that, you know you got their attention. But these people were not happy about what they were hearing. But praise God, we haven't had that serious of a response. Amen. <laughs> I have had one person in a religious position yelling down the phone at me, but I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't, had stoning, praise God. Amen. But whether it's stoning or whether it's just cold indifference to the word, the result's the same. Not receiving is not receiving. Paul said, when you heard the word of God, we preached, you received it. Let's say this out loud. You received the word of God. You received the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the reason I'm emphasizing this is because there are some people in Christian circles, you know, that might say, well, I don't really need to know the word. What I need is a miracle. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in miracles. Uh, I need to receive healing. I don't, we, I, I get lots of preaching and teaching. We got lots of preachers and teachers. I need a healing. I need some money to pay my bills and get out of debt. I don't need to hear the word. I don't need to know the word. What I need is restoration in my family. That's what I need. Well, that's why we're talking about the word. Because it's through receiving the word that the word builds you up, gives you power, and makes you able to lay hold and receive your miracle, receive your healing, receive your finances and receive your family restored the power comes from the word receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save let's say this out loud the word, the word is able to save you is able, is able to, to save you. you amen we won't turn there but you can write down acts 20 32 it, it agrees with this what, what I'm saying from other scriptures. I commend to you, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. The word is able to build you up and make you able to receive, to, to give you an inheritance. You, you cannot separate the miraculous from the preaching and teaching of the Word. You can't separate the miraculous from the preaching and teaching of the Word. There are ministries in past years and decades, along with other religious organizations, which I won't name, that have made this mistake. Uh, when you try to when you try to categorize, you know we got preaching and teaching over here, and we got miracles and the supernatural uh, over here. You're going to get into error. 
you're going to get into error. Uh, we, we see this happen from time to time. It kind of runs in fads and cycles. People will run over here. They hear about some physical manifestations taking place over here and everybody runs over here. And then that's not popular anymore. And some, you know, they hear about something over here and everybody runs over there. And then that eventually fizzles out. But there are people who will not come and sit under the teaching of the Word of God. They run over here looking for a miracle. They run over there looking for a miracle. They look for a sign. They look for a prophecy. Uh, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it happen right here in this town. They wanted signs. They wanted prophecies. They wanted goosebumps. But they weren't interested in hearing the word. The in Jesus' day, the people who received the word from Jesus, they're the ones that received the miracles. You, you can't separate. You can't separate that. The word is what enabled them to reach out and receive. The word is what enabled them to receive. The ones who did not receive the word, they're the ones that didn't receive. I mean, you can, you can uh, follow it right through the Bible. Every person that, that received what they went to Jesus for, they received the word because they received him. He was the word. He is the word. The, the real purpose for signs and wonders and miracles is to get the attention of the unbeliever. That, that's the first real purpose of miracles and signs and wonders is to get the attention of the believer. And then, once you've got their attention, you give them the word. You preach the word to them, and then they get born again. That's, that's why you go to these third world countries and, and uh, you know, these miracles manifest and all, and boy, it gets people's attentions now. The evangelist gets, you know, he, he says, okay, everybody, you're going to receive Jesus now. It gets their attention. It gets their attention. That's the, that's, but it doesn't produce faith. Miracles do, do not produce faith in people, and we're going to, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But, you know, there have been people... Uh, you know, some people who have come to this meeting once or twice and never came back. And they didn't understand what I'm talking about. They didn't understand the significance and the importance and how the word was directly attached to the very miracle that they needed. And they, they didn't stay long enough to, to understand that. And they seem to think that the kingdom of God is like McDonald's. You know, you drive up to the window, you put in your request, you drive around the corner to the other window, you pick up your order, and you drive off. You know, and the kingdom of God doesn't really work. You know, uh, some things are instant. Some things are instant. But, but most things are not instant. And so this is why it's, it's so necessary to understand that it's the Word 
that builds you up so that you can receive your miracle. That's basically what Roger was telling us this morning, that the, the word was going in. And one day, it, it, it hit him. I'm, he, you know, I'm healed. And, and it was the word, it was hearing the word and sitting under the teaching of the word, the Holy Spirit knows how to get this to every single one of you. He knows what every person in here is believing for. He knows what every person in here needs. And he knows how to get it to you. It may be on a subject that is not even related to anything you're believing for. But just one sentence or one word and poof. You know, you, you got it. You got it. So before you receive a miracle, you receive a word from God. Now, I am not talking against signs and wonders and miracles. So don't go out of here and say, Barb is against signs and wonders and miracles. That is not true. That is not true. We could do with some more of the miraculous around here. Uh, that's why I said what I said at the beginning. You know, if you want to loosen up some, loosen up. Okay? You know, I'm not against... Uh, in, in, in some places, it's, it's appropriate. Sometimes it's appropriate. What I am saying is, if you separate the miraculous and the supernatural from the preaching and teaching of the Word, you're going to get into error. And you can look around at some of these, you know, organizations and different religious groups, and, and you can see the Word is not there. The word is not there. The just are not supposed to be living on signs and wonders. All of you that were here last time, tell me how the just are supposed to live. By faith. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Now the reason I'm saying, if you separate the miraculous from the preaching and teaching of the word, you're going to get into error. Because the enemy can give you some signs. Not everything that is spiritual is necessarily of God. And that can be confusing to young Christians. <clears throat> Satan, can he likes to imitate. Because that's all he can do. He, he has no power. So all, all he can do is just try to imitate. Counterfeit God. That's why you need good leadership, and that's why you need to read your chapter in the Bible every day. Uh, Jesus himself, you know, in the wilderness, he had a real spiritual experience, but it was not of God. Satan took him to the top of the temple. He even quoted scripture to him. So, you know, you, you go to some group and they say, well, they got scripture. That doesn't necessarily mean... It's of a, it's a God. Satan quoted scripture to Jesus, but he did not quote it in the right spirit, and he took it out of its context. He was trying to get Jesus to jump off the temple and commit suicide, so he'd never get to the cross. That, that, was, that was the purpose. So the devil can quote scripture, but he did not rightly divide the word. How do you rightly divide the word? with other scripture. Satan said to, to Jesus, um, throw yourself off the temple. It's written God will give his angels charge over you. Well, that's in the Bible, isn't it? Mm -hmm. 
What did Jesus do? He came back with another scripture and said, it is also written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now that is rightly dividing the word. It was spiritual. It really happened. Uh, but it was not of God. I, I mean, in a moment of time, Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a vision, just like that. It was real. It, it wasn't a dream. It really happened. But it was not of God. What will help you and keep you from being deceived in these areas? Write this down. Putting the word first place. Putting the word first place will help you keep from being deceived in these areas. God, excuse me, God works with the word and the Holy Spirit works with the word. You go back to Genesis 1. We turn there last time. Where uh, in the beginning it says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. What was he doing? Nothing. <laughs> it says he was hovering over the waters. Waiting for God to say something. And when God said something, he moved. When God said, light be, now the Holy Spirit's got something to bring to pass. And light was. Light became. Light became. In Mark 16, we're not going to turn there. The last words of Jesus before he left the earth. In verse 17, he said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? In my name. That's the next three words. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Or you could say, believe the word. These signs shall follow them that believe the word. Now, write this scripture down because this is a scripture you don't hear very often. Revelation 19, 13. Revelation 19, 13 says, His name is the word of God. Talking about Jesus. They're in Revelation 19. His name is the word of God. Jesus went on to say in Mark 16, after he said, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name, or in, in, uh, in the word of God. They shall cast out devils, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That came after. These things came after. Verse Excuse 20. Excuse me, Bob, sorry. Revelation 19, 13. 13. 13, did you say? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that what it's, yeah. Well, it just didn't look as though. I think it says he's dressed in a robe of, oh, his name is the word of God. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got it. It's the same yeah. Thing. His name is called the word of God. So, uh, Jesus continued to, to, these are the final words of Jesus to his disciples and to us before he left the earth. 
He said, These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. And verse 20 says, And they went forth and preached. They went forth and preached. And then they cast out the devil. Then they laid hands on the sick. And they recovered. Did What, what did they preach? Jesus said, He said, uh, it says, and they went forth and preached. Why do you think the disciples went forth and preached? Global warming? <laughs> Popular today, isn't it? Global warming? Politics. That's what you hear in a lot of churches today. Nope. They preached the word. Mark finishes by saying, the Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following. God works with and confirms the word with signs following. The preached word, the taught word. Everybody say the word. The Miracles are not first. Miracles do not produce faith. The word of God is first, and signs follow the preaching and teaching of the word. Not only did Jesus say it, but it was demonstrated in his ministry. Month after month, uh, those of you who have been here regularly, uh, we've had praise reports coming in here. We just heard another one today concerning healing, favor, financial increase, uh, other areas of blessing, some of which have been nothing less than miraculous. Some have been nothing less than miraculous. Why? Is that a coincidence? No. You've been hearing the word, and you've been doing the word. That was Roger's testimony. He not only heard the word, he did the word. He acted on the word. He said what God said about him. He said, God says I'm healed. I'm saying I'm healed before any doctor's report tells me. I've already got the final word. I've got the first word and the last word. I got a higher report right here. And I'm not waiting till I go to the hospital. I already got my report. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we put the word first. That's why these things are not a coincidence. Uh, I heard Brother Hagen say in the early days of his, uh, when he was pastoring, he didn't have much experience. By this time, he was in the Pentecostal circles. He had been given the left foot of fellowship out of his original denomination. And he uh, was now in Pentecostal circles. And he said it became popular uh, to have what they called get free meetings. And there would be sh shaking and jumping and crying and dancing and, you know, a lot of manifesta physical manifestations you've never seen before. A lot of them you should never have seen before, <laughs> you know. And then that 
that would fizzle out. That was no longer popular. And then they had uh, loosening meetings. And the same people would go to the loosening meetings and there'd be every kind of a manifestation you could think of, some you should never have heard of, and then that would fizzle out. And then, then the, this group over here, they would have um, deliverance meetings. And there'd be every kind of shaking, jumping, dancing, screaming, every kind of a physical manifestation you could think of, and some you should never have thought of, you know? Um, and he observed this over time, and then he would go out to visit these people on their farms or their businesses or their homes and talk to them and realize these people are struggling with the same problems they had before they ever went to their first get free meeting. And he's, that, that's not right, you know. And so he went to the Lord about it. And he, he, he sought the Lord and he fasted a couple of days about it. And, and sought the Lord. And, and the Lord said to him, and he said, you're trying to get the results through uh, prayer and through other things that only my word can bring. He said, you're trying to get the results through prayer and other things that only my word can bring. Yeah. Now, I did not grow up in Pentecostal circles. I didn't grow up with dancing and jumping and running and you know all, all that and so I'm not against it that's why I said what I said this morning we're in a neutral place here you can loosen up and nobody we won't tell anybody you know you, you can come here and you don't have to feel like you know that you're uncomfortable or whatever uh, you know that you might get the left foot the fellowship or something you don't have to worry about that. But what is the left foot of fellowship? I'm sorry, but you've mentioned it twice now. Being, being booted out of the church. Oh, booted out. Sure. Right it's right uh, yeah. right yeah, they, well, I think the, the um, expression is uh, what? They extended the right hand of fellowship. I think that's in the Bible, yeah, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Okay, so the right hand of fellowship. So it's the left foot. So when you're, when you're going out, it's the left foot. When you come in, it's the right hand. Okay, thank you. But sorry, that's an American expression. I guess I, I didn't probably realize it. You didn't. Uh, but yeah, when you come in, it's the right hand. When you go out, it's the left foot. So, so, um, so it's, it's good in some places, uh, but the word comes first. Amen? Sorry, what did you say? Trying to get the results with prayer and just... Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and other things, other physical manifestations that only my word can bring. Yes, thank you. And I think that that's what I was referring to, and some people, they, you know, they, they just don't stay long enough to get the word in them, you know, and, and they just give up, you know. They, if it's not instant, they just give up, and they don't understand that the power is in God's word. Hallelujah. So we should not get more excited about some physical manifestation. We're not against it. I'm not preaching against that at all. I'm just saying the word comes first. 
And we need to get our mind renewed and see the word of God, uh, see the, the word the way God sees the word. Uh, it, you, do, you don't have to turn there, but write down Psalm 138.2. Psalm 138.2. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God has exalted his word above everything. People can run and jump and cry till they feel better. But if they go home with the same problems, what's the point? And that's what puzzled Brother Hagen, and that's why he went to the Lord, you know, because he thought this, this is not right, you know, that people are still struggling uh, in these areas. Uh, I have known ministers here who judge the success of their services by how many people are laying on the floor at the end of the meeting. I'm not kidding. Uh, but just because people fall down doesn't necessarily mean it was the power of God. And besides that, people can fall down in unbelief and they can get up in unbelief and go home with the same problems. And that's not what I'm interested in. Uh, I'm interested in results. I'm interested in people receiving the word so they can go from faith to greater faith. They can reach out and they can take and receive what they desire. They can receive their healing. They can receive their wisdom. They can receive their blessing. And what looks impossible begins to look smaller to them and life becomes less of a struggle. The stronger your faith gets, the less struggle your life is going to be because as your faith gets stronger, the circumstances begin to look smaller. And your faith is what overcomes the world. That's what's on the sign downstairs. Amen? So, I'm just saying you cannot separate the miraculous from the preaching and teaching of the Word. And that's why we always put the Word first. Uh, let's turn to um, John 1 quickly. And we'll just look at several verses there quickly that agree with these other scriptures. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was what? The Word. The Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, uh, it says, we beheld his glory. Who's that talking about? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. So Jesus and the word. So you... So every time we come across the word him here, we could, we could say the word, couldn't we? Yes. We could say the word. We could interchange those, and it would not alter the scripture. Um, let's look at verse 10. Verse 10. 
can. He was in the world, the Word was in the world, and the world was made by Him. The world was made by the Word. We saw that in Genesis 1. We saw that in Hebrews uh, 11 last week. <coughs> and the world knew not the Word. He came unto His own. The Word came unto His own, and His own received the Word not. His own did not receive the Word. They did not receive Him, so they, they did not receive the Word, because He is the Word. Verse 12, But, that's a big word, But, as many as received Him, as many as received the word, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, the Phillips translation says, wherever men did accept him, he gave them power to become sons of God. So you could read that, Wherever men did accept the word, the word gave them power to become sons of God. When you receive the word, the word gives you power to become whatever that word says. Now there was a time when every one of us in this room were not born again. What happened? Somewhere, sometime, you heard the word concerning the new birth and you said I believe that I receive that and when you did the supernatural power of God in that word instantly supernaturally recreated your dead spirit and made it alive unto God the power in that word did that it recreated your spirit was dead it recreated your spirit with eternal life, Zoe life. And, and you became a new creation in Christ. It's the power in that word that did that. And it, the power in that word in your spirit that you believe that you receive and you said, I take that, I believe it, I receive it, it picked you up out of one kingdom and it translated you into another kingdom instantly. And it's, that's why James said, receive the engrafted word because it's able to save you. The power of God is in his word to save. The power of God is in his word to heal. You receive the word about healing and you receive the healing power of God in that word. It's in the word. He sent his word and healed them. Them who? The ones that received the word. They're the ones that got it. The ones that received the word, they're the, they're the ones that got it in Jesus' ministry. The, the ones that received the word, they got it. The ones that didn't, you know good and well, Jesus preached to multitudes and sometimes it's only recorded only one person got healed. Now you know good and well in the in thousands of people, there was more than one sick person out there. 
Why didn't they all get healed? They didn't all receive what he said. The word of God gives you power to increase financially and be blessed to the Lord. It begins to work in you first, and then it begins to manifest itself in your outward circumstances. An increase begins to show up in your life. People begin to do things for you that they've never done before. They begin to give you things they've never given you before. You begin to have favor with people that you've never had before. Why? It's the word. You believe it. You're confessing, I have favor. You're confessing, I'm blessed of the Lord. You're confessing, I'm a tither and I'm a sower. It's the word. So this is why we're emphasizing receiving the word first. Receiving the word first. As many as received the word, the word gave power to become. So everything we have, everything I, well, I can't speak for everybody, everything I have is because of the word. Every good thing that's ever happened to me is because of the word. Since I found out about it and I started believing it and receiving it and confessing it and acting on it. Now let's turn to Matthew 9. Matthew 9. We're talking about faith to receive and today we're specifically talking about receiving the word. Now, uh, we're not going to turn over there, but you're all familiar with Mark's account of the sower sows the word in, in Mark 4. Jesus spent all day teaching this parable about the sower sows the word. And he compared the human heart, the human spirit, to ground, natural physical ground. And he said, just like you plant natural seed in the ground and it comes up or it dies, whatever the case is, depending on the ground, uh, he, he said the human spirit is like natural ground. And he said the human spirit, uh, the word of God is planted in the human spirit when you hear it and you speak it, just like a farmer takes natural seed and puts it in the natural ground. And he mentioned four types of ground. Wayside ground, uh, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground. And the good ground are the people who what? Heard the word and received it. The other three, for whatever reason, did not receive it. They all heard it. They all heard it. But only the good ground heard it and received it. And what happened? It gave them power to produce 30, 60, 100-fold harvest of whatever word they heard. If it was the new birth, if it was healing, if it was wisdom, if it was protection, if it was finances, that's what they received because that's the power, that's the word that they heard. Whatever the word they heard, that's what they received. That's what was manifested in their life. Now in Matthew 9:35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, working miracles and doing signs. Is that what it says? 
Well, that's not what came first. He did, he did go around villages doing miracles and working signs. But in this scripture, it says he went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues. That was teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and then healing every sickness and every disease among the people. The healing did not come first. The preaching and teaching of the word came first. If Jesus were to walk into some churches today, the first thing some people would say is, we want to see a miracle, Jesus. He'd say, sit down, open your Bibles. Oh no, we got lots of preachers down here. We don't need any more preaching. What we need is some fireworks. Make the place buzz. We want to see some miracles. We, we should, we wouldn't, that would be disrespectful to say something like that to the word. That would be disrespectful. Uh, in this same book, we're not going to turn there. In this same book, uh, in Matthew, some doctors of the law, these religious leaders and scribes, they came to Jesus and that's exactly what they said. They said, give us a sign, teacher. We want a sign. Do another miracle. Then we'll believe. They never did believe. They were eyewitnesses to miracle after miracle after the 15th miracle. They were no closer to believing anything he said than the first miracle. And you know what Jesus said to them? He said, it is a wicked and adulterous generation that asks for a sign, and no sign will be given to you. What was their problem? Their eyes they have closed, their ears they have closed. First and foremost, Jesus was a teacher and a preacher. Jesus taught the word, and they would not believe what he said, and, and they would not receive his teaching. I'm talking about these religious people. And it all came down to not receiving the word. And this is a classic example that miracles and signs and wonders do not generate faith in people. Because if it did, those Pharisees would have been the spiritual giants of their day. Because, I mean, they saw some stuff. I mean, they saw some miracles. They saw the dead raised. You name it, they saw it. And they never did believe. They never did. There was not one ounce of faith generated in them by any of those miracles. Faith does not come from miracles. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God. The Word of God is the only source of faith. What did Jesus want those religious leaders to be interested in? The Word. That's what he came to town in the first place to do, was to teach and preach the Word. Now look over to Luke 5. Hold your place there, Matthew. Luke 5. Verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. 
Now this very same group of people in Matthew 9 and 10 who have closed their eyes and closed their ears, who are asking for signs, and then they'll believe. The same people are sitting here in this house. I think it was probably Jesus' own personal house. Uh, but they were sitting in the house listening to the word in the flesh. I mean, the word in the flesh is sitting in their midst teaching them. Do they have any idea how privileged they were to be sitting there? Did they value what they heard? No. No. He was teaching, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And you know the story? The four men brought the man on the bed, and they let him down through the roof. And he's the only one that got healed. The only one. It says the power of the Lord was present to heal all of them. Everybody there. But it's only recorded that one man that came through the roof, why? He, he, he received the word and he acted on it. He acted on it. He didn't let anything stop him from getting in that house. Nothing. He was not going to take no for an answer. Verse 26 says, And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear. I mean, instead of praising God and saying hallelujah, glory to God, it, made, it scared them. It's, they were scared. Um, and they said, We have seen strange things today. <laughs> we have seen strange things today. The message translation says, the people rubbed their eyes incredulous. Now that's another word I had to look up. I, I'm, I'm sure all of you know what incredulous means, but I didn't know what incredulous means. It means unwilling or unable to believe something. Unable or unwilling to believe something. They said, we've never seen anything like that. Why didn't anybody else get healed? Nobody else received the word. Nobody else received. Now turn over a few pages to Luke 13. Let's see another example here. Luke 13, verse 10. Here he is again. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. He was doing what? Teaching. Teaching. Teaching what? The word. Global the word. warming? No, the word. That's a first, that, uh, he, he did do signs and wonders, but that's not the first thing he did. He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. The word was first. Faith comes by hearing the word. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed, bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. First, she heard the word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
She had faith. When Jesus saw her and he called her out in the middle of his yeah, sermon, he called right. he called her out. And and he must have perceived that she had faith to be, to be healed and to be healed now. Not just healed, but I mean now. She had faith to receive. She received what what he was preaching. Now, um, where am I? I'm in um, verse 13. Now, if we're not going to turn there, but if you go, I, I'm currently reading through the book of Acts. In my, I read a chapter a day, and I suggest you take a chapter, preferably in the New Testament, every day, Monday to Friday, and read it. And I'm going through the book of Acts at the moment. And you will notice, you continue to see the same miracles, the same signs and wonders by the hands of the apostles that Jesus did. Why? They were preaching the same word that he preached. That's what he told them to go do in Mark 16. And God was confirming his word with signs following. It, it goes right on. You, you can follow it. I think I'm in chapter 10 of Acts now. But I mean, <clears throat> case after case. You know, the man at the temple and, and all, you know, they, they preached the word and then the, the same signs and wonders uh, followed because they were preaching the same word. But in the years following the book of Acts, what happened? The word of God was not kept first place. It was replaced by theologians with the traditions of men, and it was mixed with Greek philosophy. Miracles and signs and wonders waned and virtually disappeared. And we entered the period of history called the Dark Ages. Why was it dark? No word. Yes. <laughs> no word. People, no, not the true word. They took the Bible, they locked it up in monasteries, and they said, only holy people can read this. Only educated people can read this. Only people of a certain intelligence can read this. The common people were not allowed to uh, even read the word of God. Now, there are some you know, denominations that teach that miracles stopped when the apostles died. It had nothing to do with the apostles dying. They stopped because men stopped preaching the word. That's why it stopped. And people had no faith to receive the new birth. People stopped getting saved. No faith to receive healing. People stopped getting healed. No faith to be blessed financially. No faith, no word. And this is why the body of Christ has been the tail and not the head and struggling ever since. Uh, I'm not, we're not going to turn there, but in John uh, 10, Jesus made a distinction between a true shepherd of the flock and a hireling. Now, do you know what I'm talking about? You know, a, a true shepherd of the flock and a hireling. Uh, there, you know, there are, and I'm not, uh, you know, certainly not talking about 
uh, everyone by no means. But in some respects, in some areas, uh, and and you know, I'm not necessarily I'm not throwing stones at anybody or anything, but in some respects, in a modern culture and society, some ministry has been reduced to harlings. And you see preachers running around, they're chasing after people, please come to church, please come to church. You know, oh, did that upset you? I'm sorry, I won't preach on that anymore. Are you comfortable? Please come back. Oh, you don't like me driving that car? I'll sell it and I'll get a rescue one. Will that make you feel better? That's, you know, uh, you know, this, this is not, nobody respects that. Nobody respects that. And I'm not throwing rocks at any individuals or anything, but I'm just saying some of that is happening. Some of it's happening and nobody respects that. Is that what Jesus did? Did Jesus chase people down, begging them to come hear him? No. One time, he was teaching, and half the room got up and left right in the middle. I mean, right in the middle. They got up and they walked out. Did Jesus run after them? Please come back. Please come back. I promise I won't preach on that subject anymore. Just come back. No. He, he, he didn't. He didn't. He actually, he turned to his disciples and said, you want to go too? <laughs> you want to go too? You know? Um, so he, he didn't care. He just put the word out there and said, if you don't want to receive the word, you don't have to receive the word. But not us. Amen? Not us. That is not us. I'm not talking to people like that. Let's turn quickly to Matthew 10. Back to Matthew 10. Matthew 10. Verse 40. He that receiveth you receiveth me. Now you in this verse specifically, he's speaking to his disciples. The ones he's called and anointed and appointed and sent out. And he says, He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Can you receive the Father and not receive Jesus? No. No. Can you receive Jesus and not receive the word? No. No. Some people have a go, you know. But no, you can't. Jesus takes delegation seriously. He says, if I send somebody, you need to receive them the same way you would receive me. And I'm talking about when he sends somebody. And they're teaching the word. I don't mean their own ideas and opinions. I mean when they're teaching the word, he says, you need to receive them the same as you would receive me. And if you don't receive them, you don't receive me. Now, if somebody comes along and says, I'm sent of the Lord, 
and they're just speaking their own words and they say I'm I'm speaking in the name of Jesus but they're not they're just speaking their own words and they're you know uh, they can be judged but if somebody is really truly sent of the Lord and speaking in his name it should be received and this is not just limited to preachers you've you've probably had people come into your life it, it you know, cross your path that God sent into your life and spoke just a, the word of God at just the right time uh, that you needed it, maybe even to get you born again. Uh, so it's not necessarily uh, just limited to preachers. Uh, God can use other people to speak into into your life, and when you realize that, you should uh, show them respect as if the Lord was speaking to you. Now. Back up to verse 7 of Matthew 10. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. First he said, Preach. Then verse 8. Then heal the sick. Then cleanse the lepers. Then raise the dead. Then cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Verse 12. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. Verse 14. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. I'm going to say it again. Jesus takes delegation seriously, and he takes it personally. Now this shaking the dust off your feet has to do with judgment. Okay? Jesus said, this word is so precious and so holy. You go take that word to them, and if they say, we don't like that, and we're not receiving it, you leave. He didn't say stay there and argue with them. He didn't say try to persuade them. He didn't say beg them. He said, you leave. And when you get outside that house, and you get out that, outside that city, shake the dust off your feet. I do not want any of that unbelieving dirt on my feet. Because what's next? He said, I gave you the word. You didn't want it. So it's going to be your responsibility on the day of judgment. Now in this same book, in Matthew 7, Jesus also said something along this line. Don't cast your pearls before swine, and don't cast that which is holy to the dogs. Now you may have the most intelligent pig in Great Britain. <laughs> I mean, you may have a really smart, highly trained, educated pig. But I can guarantee you, if you take a priceless strand of pearls and hang it around that pig's neck, 
it's going to walk right over to that mud hole and it's going to roll around in that mud because it cannot distinguish the difference between a pearl and a pebble. It doesn't know that a pearl is valuable and a rock is worthless. It treats them all the same. It's all the same to that pig. So Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. So it's a serious thing to hear the word of the Lord, not somebody's opinion, but the word of the Lord through a consecrated vessel. It could be any believer, but it's a serious thing to despise it and refuse it and reject it. Those religious leaders of Jesus' day, they knew better. They had no excuse. They saw it, they just didn't want to hear it. And next comes judgment. Uh, I've, in some sense of the word, I have seen this happen personally. Uh, people, you know, God began to move uh, and the word began to be preached, which hadn't been preached before. It upset people. They began to uh, not want to stay for church. After Sunday school, they would begin to go out the back door and get in their cars and leave before the church service because they had a new minister and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he began to preach things people had never heard before. And over a period of time, I witnessed people, and, and I, I don't know that all of them were born again, so I'm not making that judgment. But I'm just saying, I saw people die young, I saw people die early, I saw them die out of the will of God. Uh, you know, so, so it's, a, it's a serious thing. Everybody say, not me. Not me. Not me. Amen. That's not talking about me. I don't believe I'm looking at people who are ignorant or stubborn or foolish. I believe you, you value the Word of God. That's why you are here. Amen? Amen. And, and you, um, you know, you saw the sign downstairs that says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And you, know, you knew what we were going to talk about when you walked in here. Amen? Amen? And everybody that sees that sign downstairs, they know what they're going to hear when they come in here. Amen? Praise God. And you keep coming back. <laughs> so that's a good sign. Amen? You keep, you keep coming back. Hallelujah. We at Barb Whip Ministries, we love the Word. We're expecting miracles. We're already hearing about healings. And we're going to hear more. We're open to outstanding manifestations of the Spirit of God, but we're not more excited about a manifestation than we are the Word. Amen? Hallelujah. We will always put the Word first place. So let's stand up together. And let's say this like you mean it. We will always. We will always. We will always. We will always. This ministry will always. This ministry will always put the word first place. Put the word first place. First place. First place. First place. 
first place. We get more excited. We get more excited about the word. About the word than anything. Than anything. We love the word. We love the word above everything. Above everything because he is the word. Because he is the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just praise the Lord for a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for making this real to us. Thank you, Lord, for making this uh, word so uh, important to us, Lord. Thank you for the heavy weight that your word carries. Thank you, Lord, for revealing, uh, Lord, the, the, the priceless value of your word, Lord, the priceless value, Lord, that, that we are so blessed to be in this generation, Lord, to, to have access to your word and the revelation of your word like no other generation and human civilization has ever had. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. E even, those that, even those that were physically with Jesus, you know, it, it was just a small group of people. It was just a very small group of people that had access to him personally. But Lord, everybody, everybody has access to the word today, certainly in the Western world. Lord, all the technology, all the media you made available to us, the CDs, the tapes, the books, you know, the, the uh, podcast and all these things, Lord, television, you made uh, uh, available to, for us to hear your word and, and, and um, enable us to have faith like no generation has ever had before, Lord. And we're expecting to go from faith to faith, Lord, and, and, and greater faith, Lord, so that we can reach out for the impossible, Lord. And what used to look impossible will seem small to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Father, we thank you for every uh, praise report, every healing testimony, every blessing testimony that has come in, Lord. And I thank you for confirming your word with signs following. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Let's say this. I choose to humbly receive. I choose to humbly receive. The engrafted word. The engrafted word. It's able to save me. It's able to save me. Save my soul. Save my soul. Save my life. Save my life. I'm a lover and a receiver. I'm a lover and a receiver. Of the word of God. Of the word of God. Through whomever he chooses. Through whoever he chooses. And uses. And uses. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God.